You're listening to Somebody Had to Say It with Shar and Ashley, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics that are on your mind yet you might be afraid to speak on. New episodes air every Thursday. Hey, girl. Hey, Shara. How you doing? I'm good, Ashley. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in. <sighs> yes. Yeah, so let me ask you, what is your anxiety level right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 it's high. <laughs> it's like it's high like scale of one to ten we're, we're we're nine like i was at a 17 this morning when i woke up i'm at a right. nine now and um you know for for our listeners um it is now about 8 30 p.m wednesday night so we are still neck and neck waiting for this election to be over and it does seem like biden is on the route to winning but you know everything is still neck and neck so it's just so stressful and yeah, yeah, we've been sitting on the edge of our seats all day. And I took took one for the team for our group being like the correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like we, the other two of us, me included, were kind of, well, one of us was at work and the other was just checked out. That was me. <laughs> yes. So we were in a group chat. Yeah. So we were in a group chat with a couple of friends and Shar was checked out. My other friend was at work. <laughs> I'm working from home. So I was just the one that was like in the trenches, just looking at the numbers all day so um needless to say i know a lot about electoral votes and how much each state has because girl this morning you would have thought i was a (laughs) trying to win a nobel peace prize i was calculating (laughs) well i did see that biden has now got the um the historical um yeah record for the most Popular votes with 70 million people voting for him. So that's insane. I know. And like, I think that, you know, this morning, so like, I like, okay, obviously, if you're listening, we're clearly Biden-Harris supporters. But last right. night, when we went to sleep, the votes that were coming in were a lot of red, right? It was just not looking good. And then I woke up this morning and it still didn't look good. And I really was just so disappointed. And I'm still disappointed because... It should be a landslide, in my opinion. And I know you feel the same way. I can mm-hmm. speak for you on that as well. Because we know how horrible of a person this man is. It is so eye-opening that it is such a still close race. Yeah. That when you look at these counties, like, I'm again, I've really been in the weeds. Like, looking at these counties, it's only the cities in these red states that vote blue. Everyone else is red. And yeah. from what we're seeing is that they're, they're just white people. You know, white people are in the in the outside outskirts and mm-hmm. the black minorities are in the cities. And it's yeah. unreal. You know, the vote. like I did some research last night before I went to sleep. And I really told I told one of my other friends, I was like, there's no way. Right. Slavery happened. People were enslaved at the time of slavery. White people were outnumbered to enslaved Africans by 40 to one. Right. Yeah. Now, Alabama, Mississippi, these states are 60 to 70% white. And I'm thinking to myself, I know a lot of people migrated to the northern states, you know, Mm -hmm. after, you know, they got their emancipation and everything. I get that. But it's like that many people left that now African-Americans are only about 40%, 36%. 
well that's a really good point there's lots of factors of that percentage because okay one a lot of black people don't vote period right and a lot of black people are incarcerated in these southern states and cannot vote right how about that like you know what i mean you have a Mm -hmm. felony you're not allowed to vote because we know the mass incarceration of colored people in the south is for a reason right to keep them away from the polls making the decisions that matter that's another factor three you're right a lot of people of color have flocked to cities because the cities are normally progressive their cities are normally where we can be ourselves you feel safer so people of color immigrants flock to cities and you would it's just surprising just how much we really are in the city right like there's just there's a lot of people living in these cities it just shows you the denseness of it yeah the density of it right like it's just unreal just even looking at like kentucky louisville is so small louisville is was obviously the blue county or the blue part of the state everything else is red right it's yeah. just like a little, it's a little bubble. Like you're in your own little bubble in the city, but as soon as you step your foot out, it is what it is. And it's I, just and like I, wild to me. It's just like, I get you have to move where, of course, you feel safe and where you can find a job and schools for your kids and all that good stuff. Like I get it, but then it's just, it's just, I don't know, the numbers, it's just like, even if, you know, 10 or 15 out of 100 people don't fill out the census, fine, because this information mm-hmm. is probably from the census or whatever but even if so it should still be more of like in my opinion like a 60 30 or something like close uh, 60 40 or something like that i think though like i don't know where our listeners are listening from but like shara we live in new jersey we are in a bubble like the country is white yeah i guess i think that's really eye-opening too like it's surprising but it, if it's not in a major city, it's they're mostly white in, in the middle America. Yeah. What black people do you know living in Arkansas, Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana? That's just, that's just the thing. It's like, and this is not to offend anybody, but this is just statistics. It's just what it is, right? Yeah, I don't black know anyone from those places. have as many children. They just don't. Even in the poorer areas and stuff, they may have like four. Like that's a huge family for white people. So where are all these people coming from? Because it's like, even if, you know, 30 to 40% of, of, of slaves left and moved up north, that still left 60% that were here that were bred like cattle that had like 12, 14 kids apiece. Like, where are the people is my question. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. I think that more people are not voting than you think. A lot of black people voted for Trump. 33%. They said like, th- some, some, Phil, Phil gave me some number today, some big number. I'll fact check. I don't think it's 33%. So please don't. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wrong with that number. Okay. But some big number about like 33% more black people voted for Trump. Not 33% of all black people voted for Trump. But like, that's what they're saying. Like the number increase. And I do think that like voter suppression is real, Shara. Like the ability to get to the polls is harder for some people. Like, and again, I think that, you know, lack of education. There's lots of reasons why our people are not voting. Yeah. And it all, it all trickles down or trickles up to like, what you're, we're seeing today with the electoral votes yeah i agree definitely somebody posted on their instagram yesterday 
um, a video of her standing in line in Alabama with the line wrapped all the way around the door and through the side and back into the parking lot of the building. It was 7.30 in the morning. She was like, this is voter suppression. They're only letting three people in at a time. And yeah. I feel like people were in line for four, five, six hours yesterday. That's a long time. And like, thankfully they're in Alabama. I'm assuming it's a little warm, but up here it was cold yesterday. My mom, like we don't, we live in a, di- like, you know, my family's in a diverse town, so it's not a black town. Jersey's different, right? So like, I don't think that's a good example, but she was online too. And it's just like, I couldn't imagine like in Bed-Stuy what the line was like to vote. Mm. And also, too, what they were saying, they put less polling locations, less, it's not manned as much. They don't have the technology that's as great. The buildings are decrepit. So there's a pipe that may burst or there's an issue with the infrastructure. All of those things affect voting. Police over policing, closing doors. Again, we know how police feel about dark Black people. So come on, I can't even imagine seeing a group of Black people trying to vote. Wow. So I just found this quick statistic um, from the voter registrations from 2016 and then 2020. What's so far? What we what's what's coming so far? And it's eight percent of the black vote in the 2020 election as compared to only two percent in the 2016 election. So that's 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 significant. Like six percent of African-Americans were like, yep, we think Trump is good. Wait, say that again. Say that again. Sorry. No, it's okay. 8% um, of the Black vote went to Trump so far, what's been counted for the 2020 election. And only about 2% um, voted for him in 2016. So that's... It grew significantly. That's a big leap. So I think that's where the percentage I got might have been from. That's a big leap. Why? Like, you know, you would think like, Again, I'm not telling people to vote. And I, and I always say, too, like, I'm not just a blue voter. I've only, like, I'm not that old. I've only had to vote twice, three times, like, twice. Obama, Obama, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm only, I and I'll be honest, like, I voted for those people because, you know, I thought those were the right people, but I didn't vote because they were blue. Yeah, me neither. Like, I would I, I have at no all. going against my party line if it's for a candidate I believe in. Absolutely. I agree. But, you know, I say that to say that, like, I know that black people are like, oh, I don't have to just vote for a Democrat. You are 100 percent right. Please vote for the right person. But I just can't understand how any black person that Trump is in their corner. Mm -hmm. Support him. And just I mean, just seeing like how many like other minorities are also for him. Again, everyone has their own. They can do what they want. But it's just eye opening that his atrocities just are not a deal breaker for a lot of people. And it shows morals, like, you know, your moral compass. Like, I couldn't be supporting someone that has done any of the things that he's done. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just wrong is wrong. Right is right. And it's just like, honestly, the people that are suffering the most in this pandemic and just in general, because they're poorer counties, are the ones that he's gained most of his support from. Yeah. I was watching something on the news about someone in Kentucky because, you know, like the middle, the Midwest is really big on manufacturing, right? That, that's a big thing. Like we've lost 500,000 jobs and it's a huge deal. So long story short, he's like, you know, Trump's brought more jobs back. 
and he, the lady's asking him like how many jobs did he really bring back and he's like you know he didn't bring back that many but you know let me give him another four years to prove me wrong oh god and like that's what he said on tv and i just was sitting there like these people are just giving him like okay like give him another four years like he didn't just like completely screw you guys over like you're not just completely going through it right now with corona your entire town has no money no one's working i'm sure corona is hitting you guys hard and they're just like give him another four years I mean, people that cannot work from home are are jobs where, you know, you have to be on site and things like that. A lot of people, even in those jobs, aren't getting the work that they used to because why would I need three or four people to man a store of that nobody's coming into because everybody's scared to, of COVID? Yeah. It's just wild. I don't know. We're just living in a crazy time and even if Joe Biden wins this, I think the closeness of the election was so alarming that yeah. I'm just looking at everyone sideways. And also to like America and even like I know a lot of our listeners are from the Northeast. Open your eyes because if you click on a New York, guess what? 90% of New York is red. Yeah. It's just that, again, population, densely populated in New York City. But all of those states, when you step your foot outside of New York, these people have different thoughts and different mindsets. And to me, again, if you're voting for someone like Trump, party red or blue, like you're just voting for a bad person that's trying to harm me. And that to me is just like, I can't even rock with that. Yeah. Yeah. People have definitely shown their true colors. And, you know, everybody's saying, well, what's the afterglow, quote unquote, going to look like? Are people going to forgive Trump supporters that have been like spreading this hate and going wild in comment sections and just really doing it? Like, are you willing to let these people kind of, you know, forgive and forget because, you know, hopefully Biden wins? And I said, absolutely not. No way. If anyone knows me, I hold grudges forever. You think I'm going to forget this? No, absolutely I not. I like, never forget how Kanye West pulled 50,000 votes because of his yeah. dumb self running for president, pandering and trolling. I'll yeah. never forget that. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget. Yep. Like, I just like that whole situation is like literally just mind blowing to me. And apparently you know even his own wife voted for Harris Biden ticket so Biden Harris ticket whatever but it's just like his narcissism and not to mention this was his first time ever voting in life and Kanye's got to be close to 40 by now yes I know like that's a so you never felt the urge to even vote yet and still you feel like you're the best choice president not to mention he already posted 2024 he's ready to run again and he's like if i get 50,000 votes and i barely ran on and off for only three months imagine what i could do with four years listen sir and people that support him please hear me right now this is a stunt from an unstable man who wants attention not unlike donald himself Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you listen to our last one of our last episodes, you know how Ye is. It's like, what are you doing? Like right now, you're so into this, then you're completely off onto the next thing. He dropped out three times. Like, le- like, are you even like the fact that some states allowed you to be on the ballot is just because you're a pawn for Trump and splitting the black vote? 
Let's just put it out there, plain and simple. There's no other reason why you're on the ballot. So we can just start there. Yeah, because I'm sure as hell, I know you weren't on the ballot in Georgia or in Atlanta. You were. Like, you in these other states to look stupid. So kids can vote for you and be like, I voted for Kanye. Kanye for president. He, 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 TikTok. Like, I'm over it. (laughs) I know. It's just, like, too much going on. So I don't know, guys. So this was a it's, it's a lot going on i mean hopefully by tomorrow when you're actually listening to this episode we know who the president is but needless to say things are weird yeah it's it's crazy time right now all right so let's get into this episode so this week uh we want to talk about performative activism so, um, obviously, you would probably be living under a, a rock if you didn't realize, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement was the biggest thing discussed this summer. Um, George Floyd's death reignited the movement. It's not a new movement. We've been talking about Black Lives Matter every single day for the past forever. Um, but apparently, it was yeah. a new movement, apparently, <laughs> for people after George <laughs> Floyd died. And again, I'm not trying to be funny, but it really, that's how I felt when this happened. Because again, as a Black woman, I knew Black Lives Matter from the jump. And when George Mm. Floyd passed away by being murdered on video by police, it shook everyone because it was a real moment. And I think that again, obviously it's horrible that that happened, but it did shake the world, shake the United States. Everybody was like, okay, this is ridiculous. They saw this man die crying for his mother. You have to be a monster to have not felt some type of compassion. And a lot of businesses followed suit, right? They're saying, hey, we care about Black lives. Police brutality is horrible. However, the reason why I feel is performative is because all this hoopla happened in June. Here we are, October. Crickets. Crickets right yes absolutely i completely agree with that and i feel like they i feel like some changes have been made so let me just start off with saying that so okay i'll have a couple examples so i know um the actually the designer that designed my engagement ring i was adamantly looking at their photos because i never noticed any brown hands and or latino hands or anything all the models looked like their hands were Caucasian. And yeah. I just thought to myself, like even these small things, like we are not being represented appropriately. And this is why it caused, it's like a trickle down effect to say like they're less than human because it's just subliminal over and over. Like they don't have the jewelry we have. They don't have the bags we have. They don't wear the shoes we wear. So even advertising really needs to be inclusive. And mm-hmm. I have seen since, since that time where they've actually had more inclusivity they've been posting you know fairly regularly about what they're doing and how they're trying to include other people so that's one i won't give their name but just know they're a nice jewelry company and then one that i will give their name is itunes so itunes was developing during this time anyway uh radio shows for celebrities they wanted to pick a few celebrities and they wanted to have them have like a radio slash podcasty type shows where they would either play music or voice their opinions or whatever they're going to do so in that time frame because of black lives matter they realized they don't have many voices of color so in this time you know sierra got her own um radio show with them young and may got her own 
um, and a couple other um, African-American people specifically, not of color, African-Americans got their own um, talk shows on iTunes. And I was like, okay, that's a lasting change. Like that's something we're going to be able to see for the next few months going forward. And I think- Mm -hmm we talk about performative it's just those companies who literally posted those three posts in a row that says black lives matter to make it a banner and then never said anything again and i agree with you <laughs> like i agree with you on one side of it because the advertisement side to me is iffy because i get it you're giving more african-american models jobs by hiring more black people to be in your ads so i'll right. use a brand that i love i love house of cb i love those dresses i love it but an issue i've always had with the brand was that they never had any african-american models after black lives matter movement was reignited in june they started having more black mat- black um models now, the black models all are wearing cornrows, really Afrocentric, which I'm just like, okay, I guess that's nice. Thanks. But my thing is, it's like, besides hiring one black model, because they only have one, I've checked, what else are you doing? Because that's, again, very surface level. It's surface level to me. Like, I get that you're hiring more of us. And yes, we appear to be more inclusive. But besides having a picture of this black girl wearing the dress, what are you doing in your company to make your company more inclusive? And that's the problem I have because I'm not trying to downplay your, your, your ring company for not, for having black hands, but like, do you have more black people? Are you hiring black people now? Like, are you donating to black organizations? Are you cognizant of the fact that your entire employee base is white? Are you going to change that or are you just going to put some pictures with some black kids in it or black hands to make you seem like you're down with it? And that's right. where it, it makes me feel some type of way. Cause I've, I've noticed that specifically, like my job is social media. I'm online all day. I see that a lot, like a, a lot more African-American people in these photos, but I'm just like, okay, that's great. But what are you really right. doing? No. And that's, that's a great point. I mean, I, I def, I worked in corporate America now almost 10 years and that's one of my biggest complaints is that we do not have representation in the places that matter most. We're not Mm -hmm. at the table, you know? And I think that that comes off very short because perception is, oh, there's always a few minorities. Like we can't say African-Americans because it's just not, it's minorities, but it's there. We just don't have enough of us at the table mm-hmm. and it's really, really a problem. And I think after affirmative action was done away with, because people just felt like we can't even enjoy the positions we've worked so hard to get because someone will always think we're here because of affirmative action. So they did away with that. Fine. But now we just don't have enough diversity to even say that we are all included when they're making decisions like this. And I agree. I think that like, you know, it's another thing to me too. Like, again, those, the, the new role that everyone has is this diversity and inclusion position in a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. And for me, I also feel that's performative because not all the time. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not blanketing. I know there, there are companies that are trying. But what I'm saying is that from my experience and what I've seen, and even people that I know are in a lot of these diversity and inclusion positions, they still don't have the power to change anything. And it's 
an appearance of something. Let's have some webinars. Let's have a couple of conversations. Let's have a like a black black week and have like let's talk about Harriet Tubman. Like you know what I mean? Like basic right. stuff, but it's not really moving the needle in the way that we really need to move the needle for change. And I mm-hmm. have seen like on like you said, Spotify has like like I'll show you like the black podcast or like on Netflix, Black Re- Representation Matters. But I'm just like I see that they're putting out more black shows. Okay, that's great. But I wouldn't say entertainment was where we're lacking. Would you say? Right. No, I would. <laughs> neither would I. Or sports. And then sports right? is now out of control. I don't <laughs> say out of control. Let me correct myself. Hold on. Because I do appreciate, especially the NFL, because yeah, you know, these men are putting their bodies on the line so their primarily white owners can get filthy rich. So I do feel if anybody should be having Black Lives Matter on the field and all these things, the victims on their head, uh, helmets and whatnot, it should, it should be, be the NFL and it should be the NBA. I yeah. totally agree with it. But again, like you said, entertainment is now where we're lacking. Sports is now where we're lacking. Yeah, we're represented there. I'm talking about in business, in finance, in all these CEO positions, C-suites, like decision-making positions. That's where we need to be at. And the point is, is that in June, a lot of these companies are talking about hiring more people. And I know COVID has changed things. Like, I don't know if people are hiring because of COVID. So I know that this is like a hard time to see change. But is this still on your radar? Because with the election and then also with with, with Black Lives Matter being blanketed as a political movement. A lot of these companies now have to choose that they want to say they like Black Lives Matter. And I actually just spoke to a client the other day that mentioned that to me. And it was sad because in my head, it's like you you missed the point and you don't you're not getting it. Right. This is not a political movement. Like they were like, yeah, "Yeah, we don't talk about they're like, we don't want to work with people that mention Black Lives Matter or any political stuff because we don't want to pick a side. Like, it's not about picking a side. Like, you right. don't even understand what the point is. So now it's just, like, even more, again, like, and, yeah, Like, people don't understand the difference between human rights and political um, campaigns. And, and, and partially the reason why they don't understand it is because of this administration and the fact that they are racist. And I think when people understand that more, they'll understand how Black Lives Matter became a political movement. Because if you have a racist administration, and by racist, I mean operating on the ideal that some people are better than others because of their race. And you can't say that he's not. Their whole administration does that. So that's what racism means. I think people get that mixed up. Like It doesn't even come down to hate. When you think about what racism actually is, It doesn't have anything to do with hate. It has a lot to do with the idea that you feel by being born a certain skin type, a certain pigmentation in your skin, that you're better than somebody else. Now, from that, hate and prejudice and all this stuff comes in. But Mm -hmm. racism on its face has nothing to do with that. But anyways... What I'm trying to say, we digress, <laughs> right? We digress. But what I'm trying to say is people have gotten this confused with a political movement. And like you said, now this brings on other challenges and this really is what the performativeness is coming from because different jobs and corporations and stuff have done these webinars, have done these trainings. Now they can pat themselves on the back. We've educated our employees about the great things that African-Americans have done. We've educated them on their struggle. We've educated them on their history. We had a roundtable debate, or not debate, a roundtable um, town hall 
where African-Americans that work for our company can express how they feel and how they've been feeling living in this country with a skin that is oppressed and, you know, pushed down and rejected at every chance that it can have. So they feel good about that and they're ready to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And like I said, they don't realize that they didn't do anything because didn't do anything. the people that are patting them on the back are white. Yeah, I mean, I will never forget that after Black Lives Matter happened, we did have a small town hall with the African-Americans that work at my firm. Um, And this was the first time, like I said, about 10 years I've been working in corporate America, that a managing partner has ever sat down, or I guess if you're not in a law thing, CEO, whoever, has ever sat down and said, how do you feel about the climate of this country? this is the first time and like 10 years is nothing compared to the people that I was sitting around who had literally spent 40 50 you know about to retire 55 years working from firm to firm to firm to have anybody and we all felt the same way and what hit me the hardest is that this isn't a political issue it's a human rights issue we're human but this is the first time that someone has even with that degree of power in the company has sat down and said, what do you want me to know about your black experience? How can we at this firm make it better for you here? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, those conversations that were had, I mean, again, not to brush them under the table, they were, it was nice to have those open dialogues with your employees and your colleagues about being black and just being candid. Like that was a really open time where we were so very candid about it. Right. Yeah. But it's just kind of sad because it just feels like all of that was in vain. Right. Like were they just were were a lot of these companies and even celebrities that joined in on the movement put up the black square. Were you just doing that out of afraid, out of fear of backlash? Right. Because let's be real. You know good and well you've been scrolling. If you go to a new business, a new page, a new celebrity, you scroll to see if they had a Black Lives Matter post. Right. You did. You do check. And you checked. But that's the thing. It's like, what did you do after? And that's, and like you said, it was great to have that candor. It was great to be open and it really gave people hope. But now here we are four or five months later. And what have you done with that information? People poured their hearts out and explained how their black experience was, what you could do. And you did what you could, you know, for the time that we had or whatever. You took action in the moment. I won't say they didn't. But at the same time, it's like now we're five months out. This is the real work. You know, that's what they, that's what we've been saying. It's like, this is the real work now, five months after or seven months after, a year yep. after Breonna Taylor died. Yep. This is the real work now, not when everybody else was outside. So even for the people that are listening, that are not of color, that are just trying to also navigate all of this, this is the time where you now need to reignite yourself too and say hey what am I doing to make sure that I wasn't just being performative right what can I do now how can I use my voice now how can I donate now now that the protests are done and how about yeah and also how about this I already cut you off but how about like use your voice in your company where you know there's only one or two other black people and bring up the fact that they know black people and then to, to your boss 
to to hire more people of color. Right. Right. Like use your voice to bring to speak about the elephant in the room. Within right. reason. I'm not telling you to get fired from your job and cause all these problems. No, but, but just and you know what too? This company has asked me, and you know, I know they're not asking everyone, they're asking me specifically, do you know anyone with a master's like yours? Do you know anyone that did a program like you did? Do you know anyone from past jobs? And when they say anyone, they're speaking about more black people. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have a name to give them. And this is exactly the frustration that I come up with, not with them, but with us. We have to continue to put the focus on education. Mm-hmm. We have to continue to put the focus on our kids and our nieces and our nephews. And if they want to start a business, that's great. If they want to go into a trade, that's amazing. But we have to remember we are still underrepresented in these corporate spaces. Yeah, you're right. And that's we a have good point. To stop discouraging that yeah because i think that's another thing like when someone asked me to like recommend someone like i don't have a lot of african-american people that are qualified to be in the role yeah like it's me i'm the qualified person you know i blame myself because i know we've all posted out of frustration listen school is very expensive and i'm not trying to sit here and act like everybody has the privilege that i was born into to be able to live middle class and be able to have access to loans, access to, you know, a decent credit score that I can take out money and go to school. But what I'm saying is we have to stop saying school's a waste of money. I, even myself, I will put myself on the chopping block. I said it so many times. This was a waste of money. That was a waste of money. I just went to Votech. You get so frustrated. You say things out of frustration and post things out of frustration. But the truth is it was worth every dime to make sure that even if it's only one black face, I will be a black face in that room. I agree. And I'm the only black face. I'm always the only black face in every job I've had. How about that? Yeah. By the way, except for my one job when I worked in a salon as a manager there. But still, I was the only black person there that had a college education. And they treated me differently than everyone else. And that's a whole nother conversation. But my point, and I was, and I was really cognizant of it and I called them out for it because at the end of the day, that doesn't make you, me better than anyone else. Right. Right. That's a whole nother conversation, but you're right. Like (laughs) you're a hundred percent right. We we have said it before, like college is a waste of time. Like, I don't think college is a waste of money. I think going in extreme amounts of debt for college is a waste. That's my thought process. And I always have to change my mouth because you know, I was of the generation that took out more loans than they should have for undergrad. And I don't want to talk about that right now. But in hindsight, I would have done things differently, but I would have never not gone to where I went to school because I wouldn't be have the opportunities that I have now. So everything happened for a reason. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, it's not worth going in crazy amount of debt for an undergrad degree. Right. But it, your 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 education, it matters, especially in our community. And I was also thinking about my friends, like my African-American friends. We're all the most educated people. <laughs> yeah. Of my, like, I'm not, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was really thinking, like, everyone has multiple master's degrees, extremely successful in their careers. We all work in different fields. So maybe that's why also, too, I can't actually recommend someone. Like, I know someone in different fields. But it is sad that, like, from my years of experience in sales, I don't have a slew of co- old colleagues to recommend. Right. And same yeah. for you. Yeah, same for me. And the people in my program, I went, I went to school online um, for the listeners. So we're all over the globe. I mean, not even just the United States. Like we're all it's over the global school. I yeah. can't even 
just be like oh such and such from here or such and such from there like no like she's freaking chilling in the bahamas or you know she was in your grad or whatever like they <laughs> these people are not people that i can just you know recommend for a position here because you know we're also spread out but in this conversation, I just could not not bring that up because I'm proud of everything that anybody does positive, especially if they're black. I'm rooting for everybody black. Don't get me wrong. Make that t-shirt, make those candles, mm-hmm. that hair company. But what I'm saying is do that as well as do a little Phoenix online. Yeah, you know, just have a little bit of something. Courses and just really get yourself in the best position that you can be. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be straight. Like my mom told me, we're going to have to be smarter. We're going to have to have more degrees. We're going to have to speak better. We're going to have to write better. We're going to have to talk better because we just have to be better to be at, at the table. Yeah. Amen. Okay, Shelly. <laughs> it's true. Hi. <laughs> We're going to have to be better to have a seat at the table. So if you feel some type of way because your boss only has a bachelor's and you working on your doctorate, guess what, boo-boo? That's the world we live in. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's so true. And like, I I don't even have anything to say. That is just the truth. (laughs) But that's the point. And like, if we bring it back to what I'm trying to say about the performative activism, it's like, this is what we're going through as Black people, right? We have to work hard to be better because we have to be better just to be at the table. So let us, give us a seat at the table. Make more seats available at the table. Stop right. posting just Black hands and Black girls with cornrows in this dress. Really hire more Black marketing, uh, salespeople, fashion designers. Like, come on. Like, right. we all know what to do. And again, y'all are, they know what to do. Like, we're not asking for much. And it pisses me off. Then I get mad. Because then I'm just yeah. like, really? We're not even asking for much. We're asking for you to just do the right thing and include other people. Right. Share the and wealth. It benefits you. You Do you want to have a campaign like that uh, H&M a couple years ago with the little uh, cute chocolate boy wearing a monkey shirt? Yeah. You, to have somebody in the room it's not that it's not just for us for you you need to have somebody in the room you need to have multiple somebody's in the room just in case one person doesn't speak out about it well it (laughs) seems like they don't need they don't want to because they keep doing the same thing over and over how many times can you do something so racially insensitive for you to realize maybe we should have some more black people around to tell us when we do something wrong they just they just rather make the same mistake over and over and over again yeah like, a focus on. group is not gonna do it i'm just putting out there for you companies a focus group is not gonna do it you cannot go around giving everybody amazon gift cards to take a focus group and figure well we had a mixed racially social group so uh focus group so nothing can be wrong with this ad there's nothing to be said the new jeffree star lipsticks has an african-american woman in a rat trap selling lipsticks look it up it's still up. It's still on the website. Oh, God, I cannot. And you think you're down and you think you're this and you think you're that. Ha- you need to have the conversation. Stop being performative. Oh, Actually I- act on the things that you need to act on. Hire more African-American people and you will have a different perspective. Probably a fresher perspective. No yeah. offense to anyone out there, but let's face it. Who's on top of culture? Who's on top of social media? Who's making things pop? 
No, I know. I mean, and that's what I was saying. Like, the entertainment industry isn't where we need the help. Like, we got that on trend. Like, we know what we're doing there. That's, like, what we do. Like, that, we're the culture. We get that. We don't need help there. Mm-hmm. So stop, like, slapping us in the face. It's like, we know how to dress. <laughs> we know right. how to do that. We know how to sing. We know how to dance. We know how to do that. Like, let's help us in the finance. Let's be on Wall Street. What's going on? Like, there's no black mm-hmm. Forex exchanges. Let's talk about that. Yeah, why does it have to be the best resume you've ever seen to hire a black person? Oh my god! No, you're right. And then again, to always be the only one when you get hired, and then you feeling like, oh my god, I'm the only one. I'm the only and then, one. Another thing that I guess might be a little off topic, but maybe not. Then when they come in, because they have the experience, they have the degrees, they have everything seemingly that you have. Who like they like the black person? No, the the other the other white people. Sorry, the other okay. white people, the other you know non people of color. Okay. Well, then accept them. You're one of us. We don't look at you that way. How could you feel like you're not part of the team? We've always accepted you. You're definitely one of us right from the start. And it's just like, am I? Well, no, because I'm the only one. <laughs> you know, because then they get then they then the whole colorblind concept comes up when we hired you. You were qualified. You were on top of it. You were somebody we really wanted. So it wasn't about color for us, and maybe it wasn't. But when you get there, you can't acknowledge someone without acknowledging who they are as a person. Well, it's always about color for us. That's why I don't. I hate when people say that to me. I don't have a choice to say it's not about color because I'm black. Like I'm right. colored. Like everything's about color for me. When I it walk has, outside with my son to, to go take him for a walk, it's about color because someone is just seeing me and I, I have to be on edge always. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's always about color. Every single thing that we do is about color and especially is about color in the workplace. Yeah. So yes, I completely, completely agree with you. Like, you know, and then who was it? Was the guy at Bank of America that said that you know, and he was doubling down on his statement that, you know, there's not enough black talent. Oh, yep. Well, Keenan said, I will never forget when Keenan said that on about SNL. They said, we have not seen a black woman on SNL since such and such 10, 15 years ago. What's going on with that? And he said, well, not enough young black comedians audition. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like again, inclusion or is it that they're not being seen because there seems to be a lot of black comedians to me young black right. comedians they're all on social media well they, well they can see them now because ever since that hit the fan they've been having at least one on the cast at every at any given moment but you know like so part of me like obviously i don't agree with the bank of america guy and like i might get a little backlash but it does go back to again the education because the way he said it was wrong but what he should have said is that this lack of inclusion in it trickles down to the education level. We're not right. getting enough candidates that are qualified that are black. That's what he's saying. Like, I get that. That might be a fact, but that right. doesn't mean that they don't exist. And it doesn't mean that they can't exist. And why aren't we getting them? That's the question that needs to be answered because we're just as smart. Why are we not in the schools? Is there, where is the hangup? Yeah, I agree. I agree, especially for African American women being the highest educated, educated group top group of any group. Yeah, I've never so, met a black woman that didn't have two degrees. I'm the I'm right. the least educated of my friends. <laughs> I'm dead. 
I'm serious. And the only reason is because I'm in sales. For you listeners, if I go back to school right now, it's literally just because I want to go back to school. It's not going to help me get paid a lot more. Like, I'm in sales. It's about, you know, your skill. So it's just like, that's the only reason I haven't done it. But I'm just like, that says something. I was like, wow, my friends are amazing. Like, I'm the least educated out of all of them. They all have multiple masters and, like, are killing it. Well, not multiple for me, but you know what I mean. Masters <laughs> or multiple masters. You know what I mean? <laughs> we done over here. I just want to make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I get, you get what I'm saying. Like, no, everyone but I, is smart doing their thing. Absolutely. And that's a valid point because when it comes down to it, we know that that's something that we're going to have to um, have in order to be successful. Because like I said about the whole better, smarter, whatever it's comment, yeah. we're going to need this education. You know, yeah. if we change careers, if we want to leave a job, like we know what's going to get us there is more education. And that's why when people say they can't find anybody, I'm like, I know women in finance. I started in finance. Yeah, I know a lot of women in finance. A lot of black women that work there alongside of me with finance degrees. I didn't even have a degree in finance. My degree was in something else. So I, just, I don't know what the issue is then. Like, are they just not applying? Or that? Well, then I guess, then I'm thinking... Are the recruiters being biased? Well, I can't, I can't speculate. But if I was going to, <laughs> I would say that they meet their quotas. And I say that because we go to these banks, you go to these investment places, you go to these floors, and you check off on your resume, African-American, because let's face it, you don't want any surprises. And after they see you for the interview, they still might decide if you don't, even if you don't check anything, they still have to see you for the interview, right? Yeah. So I feel like they get their two or three on the floor where they can be seen again, performative. And then they fill the rest of those roles with Caucasians. And then you have the situation of, well, why don't we have any African-Americans in the C-suite? We have five or six on the floor. We have two or three that have been here 20 plus years, never got promoted. We got one over there and one over here in some type of diversity program, but none in the C-suite. Yeah. No. It doesn't make sense. And it's it's intentional. You know, I feel like they get one or two to say we have. And of course, these one or two will be the most qualified, educated people you got. I've seen it. I've seen people in entry level positions with master's degrees Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while the directors literally barely finished school. And that's no shade to anyone. But it's just how it is. Because, you know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> no, you're right. And but that goes back to just again having to be better, to just be there. How many stories are there of African American leaders that were unbelievably educated and had to go to class in the bathroom with their face facing the wall? Because like, you know what I mean? Like, or weren't yeah. picked, you know what I mean? Just like being dig- Look like, at the Obama. Exactly. Look being at being compared to the Trumps. Okay. Being undermined. I can't. Harvard. Undermined. Having Trump be in office when my, the person before you was decorated with accolades from the best universities in the world yep. is sickening. And that's a bright, a brilliant example of we just got to be better. Because he is literally the dumbest person on the planet. Yep. Barely passed passed school, failed tons of businesses, married a literal call girl. And I'm not being shady because she absolutely was a call girl and a model and is sitting there like 
somebody owes him something. Girl. Girl. So that's what we're talking about. It's different. This is a different situation. So when you're thinking about why isn't anybody talking about the Black Lives Matter movement? Be better. Bring it up. Reignite that conversation with your friends. Everybody was afraid. Talk, talk, telling their black friends, I'm so sorry. You're not sorry no more? Because guess what? Yesterday or today, what was it, yesterday? Yesterday, they killed another one of us. Yesterday, before, they killed another one of us. Like, there's been more since that happened. Brianna still has to digest this. Come on. Like, it's just just rough. And sometimes, like, again, just having to navigate in this world when you just know they're not here for you is so exhausting. Yeah. And and just kind of to kind of cap it off all our great thoughts that we had this episode, but just think about this when you're thinking about performative activism, right? You got to be an activist for a day. You got to have the accolades of everybody patting you on the back to be a voice for African-Americans and, you know, across the diaspora, really Black Lives Matter everywhere. So you got to have that pat on the back. You got to enjoy that. You got to protest if you got out there and did that and feel good about yourself yourself okay well now we are five months out and we are experiencing the same if not more racism than we've probably ever experienced in this country due to this administration don't stop period okay thanks That's all I can say. I said period. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Now we've come to the part of our podcast where we have a social justice moment, where we we shine a light on a social injustice. And with the election still taking place, we're going to be talking about voter suppression um, and an organization that helps to combat that as well as just get people out to vote. So the organization we're going to talk about is whenweallvote.org. This is a nonprofit by nonpartisan organization, um, and their mission is just to increase participation in every single election. So not just presidential elections, but local elections um, at the state level and at the county level. And they want to close the gap um, in race and age by changing the culture around voting. It was launched in 2018 with co-chairs like Michelle Obama, Tom Hanks, Lynn Manuel Miranda from Hamilton, Chris Paul, Faith Hill, and Tim McGraw. Uh, When We All Vote is changing the culture around voting by using data and practical approaches to get people to participate and take advantage of their civil rights. So you want to, um, yeah, it's great, right? So if you want to donate, um, they are always taking donations at their website, whenweallvote.org. Yes, and it will be in the bio um, or description of this episode. So, yeah. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. So I know it's hard to say goodbye, but this is the end. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.